Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free, so hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone, and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform, and the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 50. 
500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I'm Allison Sepinera, and you might be waiting for Taylor to say, hi, I'm Taylor. <laughs> Taylor is a little indisposed this week, you guys. She is just having a really busy week, and um, she's so dedicated to her work that she does on Instagram and also her job as a dietitian. And so I, you know, she told me she was kind of having a crazy week. And I said, you know what, girl, take some time. If you need it, I got this. I'll just do, see if people would want to either just wait till next week or I'll see if uh, anyone wants to listen to little old me by myself. And um, so I put a little uh, poll on the Anxiety Chicks Instagram page, and you guys said you would be happy to hear me by myself. So this is a little bit awkward for me. I haven't done this really on my own yet. So my apologies if you want to turn it off after like 10 minutes. But um, I thought that since I am going to be doing this on my own tonight, it's going to be a little bit shorter than usual. But um, I would talk a little bit about something that I is sort of near and dear to my heart. It's also a huge part of my life, which is being a therapist and could talk a little bit more in depth into the process of therapy. The I just took a deep breath there because when I think of therapy, it makes me whenever I'm finished my therapy sessions, it it feels like to me, I took just a huge deep breath in and out. Um, sometimes they're very emotional sessions, but it still feels like a weight is lifted off me every time I leave my session. So um, might not be for everybody, but anyway, it's funny when I actually just said those words, I, I had to take a deep breath in and out. <sighs> There's another one. Do the deep breath with me, you guys, this time. Go in through your nose and out through your mouth. Okay. It's been a day for me too. Um, just trying to get so my my father registered for a COVID vaccine. He's immune compromised. And if you guys are listening, you might be having trouble with getting vaccinated. It's kind of like um, how my, my sister described it today. Like, um, oh God, what's that movie? What's that movie with? Um, oh my gosh. You guys, I, I hate this when I listen to podcasts and someone's trying to think of something and I'm in my car like, I know that answer. Um, anyway, it's basically, I, I keep wanting to say Lord of the Flies because that's where everyone, the boys are on an island and it's like every man for himself. Um, but my sister described it as some other recent movie. But anyway, I feel like this vaccine is kind of like everyone is just trying to go online and get registered and you get registered, you put on a waiting list, but there's no real waiting list. Like no one can find anyone's name. It's kind of literally like winning the lottery. Anyway, that's been my week. So I'm a little bit frazzled too, but I have my therapy appointment tomorrow and I'm looking forward to it. Do you guys ever have that where you're just looking forward to your therapy appointment? I cannot wait. I have lots to talk about. Um, Anyway, so I did want to talk a little bit more about therapy today, and I offered to answer some of your questions. So I did get some amazing questions from you guys on our Instagram about the process of therapy and just different things about um, 
even therapists themselves. And I first want to say that, yes, I'm a therapist, but I don't, um, I don't claim to just have every single answer of everything. Um, there are some therapists that do have like God complexes and, um, you know, it's hard to be in the field sometimes when there's uh, a lot of clinicians that sort of feel like they always have the answers and every single, you know, kind of technique they use or um, theoretical orientation that they believe in is right and very type A, but I am a different type of therapist. Um, you guys probably know that if you follow me on the Anxiety Healer Instagram, um, a lot of old school clinicians or therapists I have not gotten great feedback about for my Instagram because I do disclose a lot of my life. And back in the day with psychoanalysis and Sigmund Freud, it was almost like therapists should not even, you know, have a life. They should be this sort of um, like blank. No, um, therapists should basically be these like stones (laughs) to clients where, you really shouldn't self-disclose or anything like that. I think that we this, the field has really progressed in a great way, I believe, because I think that so much of what I do share with my clients help um, them feel as though they can really trust me and really identify with what they're going through. I don't pretend that I have all the answers. I don't pretend that I'm just this perfect person because there's no such thing. I do struggle with my own anxiety. And... Um, I'm okay with saying that. And I'm actually okay with saying that I'm a therapist and I share a lot of my life. And um, I think that, you know, if you are someone who has been a client of mine, um, hello, but also um, I, I, I will say I still do have boundaries in my sessions and um, I will only, you know, use self-disclosure in my sessions with specific clients if it is in their best interest. So, um, you know, I'm not sitting there with a client talking about my Instagram page and, you know, talking about all these things that happened to me. No, um, that is not how, how it works. But I think it helps people feel a little bit more comfortable knowing a little bit more about me before they even come and see me. So um, anyway, that's a little bit about kind of the way I work as a therapist. I, um, just to tell you a little bit more about my background, I've been in the field for over maybe 20 years at this point. Um, I was voted most likely to be a therapist in eighth grade. I think I've said that a couple of times on this podcast. So that was so interesting to me because at that point in my life, I was feeling very, um, underwhelmed with that superlative because <laughs> I thought to myself, what am I doing? What? What is? How can that be a career? I don't know why. I just didn't believe it. I also, my dad was a businessman. So I always thought in my life I would be in marketing or in sales. I'd be wearing like a suit and, you know, walking around New York City to big buildings and all of that stuff, um, which I did do for a little while um, right outside of college. But wasn't for me. And so in college, I ended up majoring in communications and and then thinking I wanted to go into marketing, but then I took a psychology class. Um, It was an elective. And I think I didn't want classes on Fridays or something. And I just remember saying to myself, oh, this is a counseling class, you know, that'll be easy. And ended up loving the class so much, loving my teacher. Um, actually became close with with the teacher I had. She 
ended up teaching me in another course in my master's program, which is so crazy. And I, I, I went up to her after class one time in my master's and said, you know, I just want to let you know you're the reason why I got into psychology. I loved your class so much. Anyway, different, another story for another time. Um, so yeah. So then in college, I loved that class. I was, I had one more year of college and I decided I knew I needed to get a master's degree with psychology if you want to make any kind of money um, or want to get any kind of uh, different types of job at counseling centers. You do have to basically have a master's degree in the US. And I became a part of the peer counseling helpline. I was interning at a bereavement center and I just started getting my hands really deep into psychology. And so I loved it from then on. I got my master's degree and then I went back and got certified in school counseling because I loved education and then did some stints in a high school and a, a, an emotional support school. I worked in some um, clinical settings as well and then decided I really wanted to get licensed and start my own practice. So that's what I've been doing for about five years or six years on my own, um, but I've been in the field for quite a long time. So um, I specialize in anxiety disorders mostly because um, maybe it's because I do struggle with my own anxiety and I feel like I can really relate to what people are going through. But I also think I love the treatment of anxiety disorders. So I am um, a specialist in cognitive behavioral therapy. And that um, is essentially one of the most effective types of treatment for anxiety disorders. Um, the research has shown it to be a, a great way to um, really work on the cognitions in our brain. So essentially the thoughts that we have and how they affect the way we feel and the way we behave and it helps us identify the triggers we have. And I, do, I come from a more mindfulness-based type of um, CBT, so incorporating a lot of grounding strategies and holistic practices. Um, you can find out so much more about the types of ways that I um, help myself and help my clients on my Instagram page on the Anxiety Healer. So um, you can, oh no, I have a dog also, Izzy, and I just gave her a bone and sometimes she, so if you hear like a big thump, I apologize. Um, <laughs> so anyway, without further ado, I really want to answer some of your questions because um I feel like that would be probably something that you guys would be interested in. I know you uh, maybe like hearing about my my story, but I don't want to kind of bore you with all the little details. Um, but I do often talk about my story with anxiety and my own limitations. You know, I um, I do struggle with some physical symptoms that come along with my anxiety. A lot of my anxiety is related to my health. So if I feel like something is is you know, either something's on my skin or, um, you know, I feel something different on my body, you know, my brain automatically goes to the worst case scenario. Like I have cancer, I'm going to die or something's really wrong. Um, you know, the symptoms I feel with anxiety are my physical symptoms are definitely my stomach. My stomach starts to hurt and my heart starts racing. I do feel as though I'm outside my body a lot of times. So almost like I, disassociate and that's called um derealization um there's also depersonalization so uh, th both of them sort of just they they connect uh, um, for the most part but they basically both mean that you kind of feel like you're not in reality at that moment and um 
you you are kind of disconnected from yourself. So that can feel really scary. So that's why I incorporate a lot of kind of grounding strategies into my practice when I work with people. Um, one of my favorite ones that I've talked about a lot, um, but that you might not know of that you could try, and I would just Google this into YouTube, but it's called the five senses grounding technique. And it's one of my favorites if you're ever feeling like you're having a panic attack. Just look around the room and name five things that you can see and describe them and and say the colors and the texture, four things that you can hear, um, three things that you can touch, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. And try and describe and use your senses to describe that. It kind of brings you back to the here and now. Um, Anyway, so that's kind of a little background about my own anxiety. And I'm going to get into some questions now, you guys. I hope you haven't left yet. (laughs) What are we, 12 minutes in? Okay. I feel like I'm talking so fast, so I do apologize. Please don't leave me a bad review. Um, Just kidding. Actually, if you are listening to this and you're kind of a loyal listener, we love you guys. And we're so happy that you've... um, you know, been supporting us and you're still listening to our episode. I think we're on 24 and we love if you could leave us a review or subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It really helps us. It helps our podcast um, kind of move forward and also get the word out to uh, other people that, you know, may enjoy some mental health podcasts. It kind of um, lets them know about our podcast. So anything you can do to help raise anxiety awareness or mental health awareness, it would be great. And rating and reviewing really helps it, it helps us do that. So thank you all for that. Okay. So here's the first question that I got. Um, oh, how often do you use self-disclosure? Well, I kind of talked about that earlier already uh, about how self-disclosure really is the, um, as a therapist, you know, again, all therapists have sort of different opinions about this, but for me, self-disclosure really means when I, when I feel like it's useful is when it's, when I feel like it would benefit the client's progress. So I will say that self-disclosure, um, I have, um, in my experience, using it with kids and teenagers is very effective. Um, being able to relate to children and teenagers and have them know that you're human and really that you can kind of identify with them, being an older woman, um, it really helps build rapport and build trust. So, um, you know, sometimes I will see, I get children from, you know, that have have struggled with anxiety and they go to some, they go to uh, some of the schools that are around where my office is. And when I, if I know that they go to the school where I used to work, I used to actually intern at a couple of the schools. I'll always say, oh, who's your counselor? Yes. Oh, I know her. Yeah. I used to actually work there a little bit and, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, their, their faces light up and it's just, they feel this connection that helps them build trust. So I will 100% do that with, with children and teenagers, um, a bit more than adults, but essentially, I like to use self-disclosure in a way that really benefits the client. So it is really strategic. It's not It's not just me. It's not just someone, you know, in my office talking about um, something going on with her mom. And then I automatically chime in like, oh, yeah, my mom used to do that too. Oh, yeah, my mom. Uh-huh. Well, listen to what my mom did this one time. Like I would never 
do that because I just feel like it's so invalidating to what the client is saying at that moment. Um, and they're not really there to hear about your stuff anyway, right? They're here, they're there to, um, to, to, to really emote and really have you hear them. So I hope that answers your question. Um, okay. Another one I got was, do you need to see a therapist before you see a psychiatrist? Um, okay. So here's the difference. The main difference between a therapist and a psychiatrist is a psychiatrist can prescribe medication. So a psychiatrist has to go to like medical school and they do a whole bunch of schooling or, um, and, and there's a couple different credentials they can get, but a psychiatrist can always prescribe medication. And it's, it's more rare. I want to, now I'm talking about the U.S. too, you guys. So I'm not sure about some other countries, but in the U.S., it's more rare that a psychiatrist will actually offer talk therapy or psychotherapy. Um, so a therapist or like a psychotherapist, which is, you know, what I essentially am, a licensed professional counselor. That's just my like credentials, but I'm essentially a psychotherapist. Um, I, you know, I provide the um, cognitive behavioral type of techniques and um, therapeutic, you know, talk therapy um, that, you know, is essentially 45 to 60 minutes long and it can be weekly. Sometimes that varies. I'll get into that because that was another question. But the biggest thing is a psychiatrist can prescribe medication and most likely will see you maybe initially for the first session, like 45 minutes, and then just follow up on like 15 minute um, follow-up sessions to see how you're doing with the medication. Now, I I collaborate with a, with a couple different psychiatrists in the area because I'm all about collaboration. And I think being able to um, communicate with someone you know, a psychiatrist or a medical doctor, anyone that's part of the healthcare team for that person. It's very important that all of us are on the same page. So I make sure to collaborate as long as it's okay with the client. Um, and I get written permission. But I believe it's essential for therapists to be working in conjunction with a psychiatrist that your client is seeing um, because you want to get them the best level of care that they need. And not every single medication is going to work for every person. So everyone's body chemistry and brain chemistry is different. So all medicines might work differently for people. So um, so the, the question is, do you need to see a therapist before a psychiatrist? Technically, no. Um, no, but I will say that I believe, this is just my opinion as a clinician, I believe that is best practice that if someone is seeing a psychiatrist for medication or they're seeing a primary care doctor for any type of psychiatric medicines, that it's important that you go to talk therapy as well. It doesn't need to be every single week. It doesn't need to be every other week. I mean, depending on your level of care. Um, and what you need, I believe it's very important that if you are taking any type of prescribed psychological meds or psychiatric meds, that seeing a therapist for, um, you know, psychotherapy is important. But do you need to see one before you see a psychiatrist in the United States? Tec technically, no. There's your answer. 
Okay. Next one is how do you know when you're done and good without therapy? Take a sip of my water. Um, Here's the thing, you guys. I am such a believer that the like mental your mental health and the the care for your mental health is sort of like a lifelong journey just like your physical health right you see your medical doctor for your physical health every year i would i mean i assume right like you have an annual exam usually or a physical that happens pretty annually i would say i think that is also should be the case for your mental health right so I don't – my point is I think that you're – everything is a lifelong journey. So I don't think that there's a specific answer I can give you that says, okay, that's it. You're perfect. Go on. Now you can – now now you're, you know, um, t- quote, unquote, cured of your anxiety or cured of your depression. I actually don't necessarily ever say that you can be cured from a mental illness because – so much of what goes into our mind is our emotions and you can't erase emotions from your brain and you can't erase thoughts from your brain. That's not how it works, but you can manage your emotions and you can learn how to live a very successful and productive life and, and, and still have situations that make you feel worried or scared, but not have them control you or overtake or, or overtake your life. So what I would say is, how do you know when you're done and good without it? Okay. I would say, and I say this to my clients when I come in, and sometimes, you know, they ask me questions about this, and I say, so here's my my job. My job is to make you feel as though you don't need me anymore, right? So I want to do everything I can with you as a team to make you feel like you don't need to depend on me, right? So I want to make sure we come up with a treatment plan or some type of plan where you can feel like you can go out and and face these certain situations that are very scary to you, that you feel like maybe you could not handle on your own and give you the tools that you need to get through those challenges. That's not to say that I'm gone when that happens. I'm always here for you. And I always say that. I'm always one phone call away. And I will always fit you back in. Because life happens, right? Every day is different. You never know what's going to happen the next day. So you could be feeling like, you know what? I think I'm good and I don't need to come back for another month or two. I'll give you a call. Guess what? Two weeks later, something happens. Maybe, you know, one of your kids gets sick or... um one of your best friends, you know, decides that they're giving you the silent treatment or something happens and you get in a fight. You know what? I need to call Allie today because something happened and now I'm feeling, I'm feeling like I need to talk to, talk to her about what's going on. So life happens. So I, I think, I think it's important to remember that when you can handle certain challenges on your own that would maybe essentially send you into more of like a debilitating type of anxiety, which means 
you're having trouble functioning on a daily basis, maybe like having trouble sleeping and getting up for work, even like showering or taking care of your day-to-day responsibilities um, with your family, that's when it becomes a lot more clinical and, and, and you might need a higher level of care. When you feel like you're doing okay and maybe you, it's not debilitating, maybe you're, you're taking care of your daily responsibilities and, and it's okay for the time the most most part but having that maybe once a month checkup with the therapist feels good it's good to have someone objective to just be able to it's your hour to be able to talk about you and everyone deserve stop sorry you probably heard his shake you deserve that hour at least in that month for you for you to just be able to talk about anything you want any f- emotions that come up, and everybody deserves that. So, personally, for me, I'll probably be, go- be going to therapy for the rest of my life. And maybe it'll be every week for a couple months. Maybe it'll be every other month for the next couple months. But I know, especially when I was going through my relationship with my ex, I asked my therapist if I could see her every week. And for the like five months that I was together with him, I saw her every week because I was really struggling with attachment anxiety and just my um, uncertainties about him. And guess what, guys? <laughs> my gut was pretty dead on anyway. Um, and F- and with my breakup, you know, I was seeing her every week. I actually saw her twice a week a couple times because I needed it and I knew it. And she was very flexible and said, sure, yeah. Um and hopefully, I mean, I don't know how much flexibility your therapist does have, but, you know, hopefully you have the option to say, you know, I need a little bit more, um, a higher level of care this next couple of weeks. And then it's been about two weeks since I saw my therapist. I'm seeing her tomorrow. And so, you know, it ebbs and flows. That's my answer. So how do you know when you're good and done with that, with it? I don't know if you ever are. I think it just always should be something that you put into your into your calendar at least a couple times a year, I would say, at that. And just give, give yourself that. Okay. Why are you staring at me? Izzy is looking at me like she needs me to get her something. Hang on. Okay. Sorry, I have this, like, bone thing that I do with her, and she... By the way, you guys, in Philadelphia, I don't know if you're on the East Coast, but the last three days, I think we got like almost two feet of snow or something. And um, it's been really hard to walk my dog in snow. So if anyone else struggles with that, I feel you. And I'm sorry. Okay. Ooh, I like this one too. How do you know if you have the right therapist? Okay. Full disclosure, I've been to about seven therapists in my life. Um, And I will say that out of those seven, probably two were, I think, really, really, really helpful and really just understood where I was at in that point of my life. And I felt really, um, really like they, they helped me shift my mindset and really shift my whole belief about life and where I was to a more positive and more uh, rational way. Um, not to say that the other ones were terrible, right? I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's 
good and bad people in every profession. And I don't want to say good or bad, but, you know, people that are more ethical, not as ethical, whatever. So, um, but but I will say the two that that I really found that I connected with were really because at that point in my life, I was also ready to be really open with them. So I don't necessarily fault the other therapists that I didn't connect with because I think there were parts of my life that I wasn't ready to really share with my therapist. And I'm going to tell you this, you guys. If you really want to see healing and you really want treatment to really work, you have to be completely honest with your therapist. You have to be really open and really honest about everything. I know it's scary. I know it can feel like you don't want to be judged. And by the way, this is one um, one tip for you. If you ever feel judged with a therapist in the office, then that is a red flag. So red flags for therapists, red flags for relationships. <laughs> if you ever, the therapy space should be a safe space that you feel completely safe and that you do not feel judged. Okay. So if at any time you ever feel judged in, in an office with a therapist, one, I really, really encourage you to say something to that person and say, please, I feel really judged by you right now. And I really don't like that feeling. Or honestly, you, I give you permission to just find another one. Okay. Because the therapist's office is the one place that you should never have to feel judged and that you should feel safe. So that pretty much answers the question, actually, because I think that that's the biggest thing, how to know that you have the right one. It's really if it's a space that you feel very safe with this person and you feel like you can actually say say something. And of course, it, it takes time sometimes too, right? Like the first session, you might not just be unloading. Some people do and that's fine. But it might take a little while to feel comfortable and that's okay. But the point is, you should feel safe and not judged. That is one of the biggest pieces of having success in therapy, I would say, and knowing if you found someone that you really can connect with. Okay. Let's see. What else do we have? I'll answer like a maybe one or two more. Um, oh, here we go. How to search for a good therapist for my mom. Okay. So this, this goes for actually, if you're searching for a therapist, like Say if you're someone who's listening to this and you've never, never went to see a therapist and you're really considering it and you kind of don't know where to start. You're just like, where do I go? I don't even know what to do. Um, or you're, you want to try and start looking for someone else. Here are some ways to do that. Okay. So the first thing you want to try is you really want to do your research. And so I know that can feel hard to do because Sometimes it's hard to know, well, there's a lot of therapists that do different types of counseling and they help different types of disorders. So what do I do? So um, here's the good thing. There's a lot of different websites that provide profiles of therapists in your area. And you can search by location. You can search by insurance. You can search by disorders. You know, if it's anxiety or depression or addiction, you can search by that. And so one of the most popular websites for that is psychologytoday.com. And they, it basically looks, looks like Match.com, if you've ever seen Match.com. Um, essentially, it's, it's 
all profiles of therapists in your area. So you search by your zip code and you can you can read different bios and you can see pictures of the therapists that are close to you and you can see if any of them, you know, if you feel like you connect with any of them on their profile. Um, and then there's another one called goodtherapy.org. So both of those I would recommend, psychologytoday.com and goodtherapy.org. And you can check out different profiles of some therapists in your area. Um, so another way to go about it is calling your insurance company. So all you would need to do is call your insurance company. And usually there's a phone number like on the back of your insurance card and just ask what therapists are in your network. So you want to word it like that. Say, hey, I'm looking for a therapist. And um, can you just tell me which ones are in my network? Can you? And usually they'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll send you, we'll email you a list of them over. And then you can actually um, put the person's name in psychologytoday.com and see their profile if you want. Um, and actually, the cool thing is, too, about in some insurance companies, that they may actually even be able to reimburse you a percentage of the the fee for a private pay um, clinician. So I actually do that in a, in for a lot of my clients because I'm private pay. Um, you can call your insurance company and actually ask how much they would reimburse you for out of network clinicians. And sometimes it's twenty percent, sometimes it's eighty percent, sometimes they'll cover a hundred percent of it. Um, so just call them and ask them how much they would reimburse you for it. And essentially, what you would do is you would. Um, pay up front, pay your therapist up front, whatever the price is. And then the therapist would give you a receipt of all of your sessions. And then you would submit that to your insurance company and they would reimburse you. So um, that's good too. But really, if you just call your insurance company and ask for a list of clinicians in network, they would be able to send that to you. And usually there's just a small copay for that. But I would always say, even if they send you that list, put those the, whatever names they give you, put those names in psychology today and search the names and then see the bio. You can look at the bio for those people too. And then the other way to, to find, and I mean, this is my favorite because I feel like the trust is already there. And Izzy, sorry, the trust is already there um, for, in in this case, is word of mouth. So, I would say this is the most effective way to find a therapist, honestly, in my opinion, because word of mouth is so powerful. And I mean, essentially, you're asking for a referral from a trusted friend or a coworker or a family member. And if you if you have the support of friend or support of a trustworthy person, right, in your life, and they can recommend a therapist, right, or someone they know, then you already kind of have this built-in trust because if this person kind of feels safe with the therapist, then, you know, you would probably feel safe. Now, I'm not saying every single therapist is for everybody. Honestly, I'm not. But word of mouth really is. I mean, if you think about it too, like any other doctors, right? Like I'm even thinking about my doctors. I, I found mine from referrals from different people I trusted and I love them all. Um, so word of mouth, that's also a very good way to go. But also remember, you guys, finding a good therapist is like finding a medical doctor you trust, right? So like it's it's honestly, it's like finding a, 
anything that you're looking for that you trust. It's it's it might take going to two to three different therapists before you find really like the one quote unquote that you connect with. So if you go to one and and you know it's not really a good fit, don't get discouraged. Try again. Um, try those tips that I just said and. And I know sometimes it can be frustrating to tell your story over and over, but believe me, it's worth it when you find someone that you can connect with. Um, anywho, I think that's all the questions. I mean, we did get more questions, but those were ones that I felt like really kind of like spoke to me. And, oh, well, here, I'll answer one more. Okay. Hopefully you guys are still with me. This says, do therapists get overwhelmed with their clients' issues or get emotionally drained after session? Here's what I will say, and this is just my opinion. I think that is because of what I do, I think it's so important that I incorporate self-care into my life every day. And I really, um, I try and and really create a lifestyle um, that is complete every day with some type of gratitude, some type of meditation, um, some type of, you know, cognitive behavioral exercise or affirmation exercise. And I really, really have made it a practice every day to incorporate those things, not just when I'm anxious, not just when I'm feeling bad, even when I'm feeling good, because that part of my life is so important in creating balance. And I do listen to, I I love what I do so much. And I feel like if there's one thing I'm sure about in my life, it's, it's what I do in my career. Um, I always say, I always say to myself, when I can feel this way about a man, I know that he's the one I'm going to marry because I've never felt so sure about the fact that I'm a psychologist and I really love it so much. Um, and I love helping people, but of course it gets overwhelming. Of course it does. Um, but I find that being able to have a balance between work and my personal life and also my um, spiritual life, I am very spiritual. That really gives me a sense of healing and a sense of peace. And that's something that works for me. So yes, we do get drained. I can't speak for other, other clinicians, but I will say finding that balance, even for any job. And I know you know, you might think of us and we take, you know, we take on a lot of, a lot of things, you know, with our clients, but in reality, at any job that you have, anything, it's so important to find that balance. So I will leave you with that. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and I'm so sorry for Taylor that, that she wasn't able to make it. I know she misses you guys, but she will be back next week. And um, you know, please follow me at the Anxiety Healer. Head to the Anxiety Healing School for some online courses. I have a couple free courses that you can do, um, and a couple other courses that uh, I think are amazing. I've gotten some great feedback about um, when panic attacks. It's how to identify your anxious triggers. So that's a great course. And just please keep on healing and rate and review and subscribe. And we love you guys so much and we'll see you next week. Bye.
Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them, all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.